Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, it is the APC podcast from AcmePackingCompany.com, part of SB Nation and Vox Media, talking Green Bay Packers all off-season long as we, uh, you know, whatever is happening right now is happening, and eventually that we hope that looks like football. And uh, the whole time that's happening, we'll be here for you. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. Follow the show at the APC pod on Twitter. And joining me to talk about, you know, some stuff. It's the big boss himself, Tex Western, at Tex Western on Twitter. How are you, my friend? Doing pretty well. Things are, uh, things are getting interesting. Um, opt-out deadline's almost here, so that's a fun thing. And um, it's, it's been weird after, you know, months of slog and nothingness to actually have some semi-real football news to talk about. Right. There's like something. There was a lot of nothing. And now yeah. there's like maybe something. Um, speaking of weird, what is this beer you're drinking? This is like a wild label we got here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Fantasy Factory. It's an IPA from Carbon 4 in back in Wisconsin, near Madison, I think. Um, I know Jordan on, on a Acme packing company is a huge fan of that one. And it's, it's definitely one of my, you know, my, one of my very favorite IPAs. So the unicorn, uh, breathing fire with like the samurai cat <laughs> writing on his back on the label. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. That's good stuff. You are like full on Wisconsin right now. So you got the Wisconsin brew, you got a brewer's hat on. And is this, a, this is a Lambo in the background, a rainy Lambo. Yep. Yeah, I got the got the zoom going, got the virtual background, so you do what you got to do in trying times. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. Well, what I thought we got to do today, um, and thank you, Tex, for for joining me, is um, a little. I wanted to start with a little COVID one hundred and one because as we we touched on. A lot of nothing was happening, and then we think maybe something is happening, but there's a lot of confusion about what that something is, and, and we've touched on that a little bit the last few weeks as we fired the uh, podcast back up here, but I still think, I know I feel confused, and I think um, a lot of listeners out there feel confused as well, so I wanted to do, again, a little COVID NFL 101 uh, to start out and just kind of like set the ground rules, what we know about how this is going to work, how it's different. Um, if you've followed any of the uh, player and coach availability, lots of questions about how it's different. Um, but how is it actually different, technically speaking? And text the the first thing that I, I wanted to ask you about was this thing called the reserve slash COVID nineteen list. And last week, Mason Crosby and I think Jay Sternberger were added to that list. Um, this week, it was long snapper Hunter Bradley. Um, so when it comes to the reserve slash COVID-19 list, as, uh, as Michael Scott would say, can you explain it to me like I'm 
five years old. <laughs> is this, it's like completely new list. How big is it? What are the protocols for getting on and off? Let's just start with, start with that. This is a new yeah. thing, right? Not, not an old thing with a new name. Correct. Yeah. This is entirely, entirely new and different for this year, uh, given everything that's going on. Um, basically what it is, is for players who test positive for COVID-19 or who um, have had confirmed contact with someone who tested positive and therefore require quarantine for a certain period of time. Um, so that's, that's basically, you know, that's your criteria for getting on this list um, is if, you know, if you've come into close enough contact with somebody else who's got it that you need to quarantine from the team. Um, so essentially um, the, the league is very clear about um, putting somebody on the list does not necessarily specify which of those two categories that they fall into, whether it was their own positive test. Right. Um, for presumably for, you know, for medical and privacy reasons, um, HIPAA and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there's really no, no limit to the number of players who can go on this list from, from what I can tell. Um, okay. And essentially, you know, it, it functions basically like a short-term injured, injured reserve list. So, um, you know, a player put on that list does not count against your 53-man roster during the regular season. So you've got a, you know, window where you can promote another player from the practice squad or sign a free agent or, or whatever you want to do to fill that extra roster spot. Um, and that's going to be the really interesting thing about this is cycling through, you know, players going onto the list, coming off of the list. Um, how how teams are going to fill those roster spots that get opened up. Um, there's some really interesting new rules, especially with the practice squad too, that that kind of um, that kind of go into this too. So it's 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 going to be a, a weird season as far as a, just a roster transaction and a roster construction standpoint, um, because with you know with the protocols and testing guys coming into the building. Um, if you would want to bring in a player from outside the organization, you might still need three or four days before, you know, between signing or claiming them on waivers and actually being able to get them into the building to start participating in practices or whatever. So I do think there's going to be some some different stuff in relation to, um, you know, to transactions and to picking up players off the waiver wire this year uh, than there has been in years past. Wow. OK, so that makes that makes total sense. Um no limit to the amount of players. I mean, you know, God forbid you could have eight, 10 players that get COVID-19. This thing spreads like wildfire. Yeah. And then, you know, your roster could be a hot mess. So that makes sense. You can stash players. You, you touched on roster and practice squad. So there's some changes there. The rosters are bigger, I assume, and a practice squad as well. Yeah, the, the roster, as I understand it, is still staying at 53 during the regular season. Right. Um, however, on Tuesday each week, teams get to specify four of their practice squad players that they're protecting for that week. So in effect, they sort of have a 57 man roster. Um, whereas in the past, you know, other teams could, could sign a player off of, you know, any other team's practice squad. In this case, you know, each team gets to pick kind of a rolling group of four guys who they get to protect for that week. Um, the, the practice squads in particular though, are significantly bigger. Um, they'd been, I think 10, maybe up to 12, in the last couple of years right. this year, it's up to 16. Um, and they also added a stipulation that uh, I think it's up to six of those spots can be taken up by players with any amount of experience in the NFL. So whereas before it was primarily only younger players, guys with, 
you know, maybe a maximum of two or three years of NFL experience um, on those practice squads. Now you can have up to six guys um, with any any sort of experience level um, on on that practice squad. So it, it does that. That's kind of their effort to allow for more flexibility, um, allow for more guys to um, be kind of waiting in the wings with a team to help out if you know if they do have a positive test and have to put somebody on the reserve list. Um, you know, even you know real close up to game time. That's interesting. And so the opening up of sort of practice squad eligibility, I mean, that's something that we've talked about often on the past couple of years as almost feeling like an inevitable kind of necessary thing, right? You've got plenty of players who have been in the league um, long enough to be disqualified from practice squads who still have may have something to give or maybe bubble players and, and you know, they're they end up SOL sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I, I liken it to, you know, think about your your top minor league baseball players, right? I mean, those guys tend to be um, either young, up-and-coming prospects who haven't quite cracked the majors yet, or it's, you know, the older guys who've kind of shuffled up and down over the course of a few years. Um, you know, maybe they've never had a, a consistent role on the, with the major league club or something, but they've gotten enough you know, playing time to be up there for a couple of years. I think that's sort of where we're going to be heading long-term. And this year is maybe a, um, you know, an excuse to, to try out that methodology with the practice squad. Yeah. Interesting. Um, great. Well, I appreciate your insights there and I feel a little bit more educated and I hope everyone else does as well. Um, and a little peek behind the curtain before we were uh, hit record, you were still doing some research to make sure that you knew everything that you needed to know because it's just been, confi- I mean, you know, leave it yeah. to the NFL to muddy the <laughs> waters, right? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that still is kind of unclear is exactly what you have to do to qualify to come back off the reserve COVID list and back onto the active roster. Um, there's some level of, you know, if, if the player has a positive test, there's a, a quarantine period, there's a certain number of negative tests um, I think it's, I think there's something about, you have to have two negative tests within the span of 48 hours or something along those lines. But, you know, that's the one area where I, I still need to, you know, find, do a little more research and see if we can figure out exactly what, what a player has to do to come back to active status. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we just saw Hunter Bradley getting uh, added to the list. I mean, that just made me like, made me think, you know, you've got plenty of players on the team where there's like multiple backups, but a few where there's not. I mean, obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers goes on the list and you got to put a backup in. But, um, you know, someone like Hunter Bradley, like sure, they have an emergency long snapper, but they don't have a backup long snapper. It's just it's good. We're going to see at some point this. I just feel like uh, once every year on some team, we see a backup long snapper. I feel like we're going to see more of that or emergency long snappers or, you know, a kicker even, you know, someone gets, you know, brought in game day and signed on a quickie contract because, you know, Mason Crosby or whoever on any team comes down. It's just going to be wild, man. It's crazy. And yeah, I won't be shocked if, you know, if maybe teams actually carry a long snapper on the practice squad for that exact reason, at least that would make sense. Yeah. you know, and, and maybe they keep a long snapper and they keep one kicking specialist, whether that's somebody who's, you know, ostensibly a punter or kicker. But, you know, if if all if your entire special team's battery goes down, um, you know, and they if they test positive on a Saturday when you've got a game day on Sunday, you don't have enough time to get a guy into the facility 
get him passed through all the protocols and have him ready to play on Sunday. So it would not surprise me if, you know, there's been some talk about, you know, quarantine quarterback, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if teams go with like a quarantine specialist as well. I can just picture it's like Saturday night. The Packers have, you know, Mason Crosby or JK Scott goes, uh, goes suddenly on the COVID list and then they're out there uh, like looking at high school fields, trying to find some like 40 year old, <laughs> washed up guy booting balls <laughs> see if he's good enough yeah it's it's a uh, it's gonna be weird man it's gonna be crazy yeah. and, and and like everything else that's happened these last six months we're gonna be seeing some things in the next few months with football if if it happens that we've never seen before yeah buckle up guys well i feel more educated and i thank you for setting some of the record straight for us text let's move on to for the first time this summer as we get back into football action some notable nuggets. Um, we had some availability, some coach, GM, and player availability. They were on camera. They were on the microphone. They were saying things into those microphones, and we have content, and that's how the, the cycle continues. Um, so I thought we would sort of give maybe one notable nugget, something to come out of any of that availability over the past week that you thought was notable. Um I think you're a good person to ask because as the person who runs the blog, all that stuff gets filtered through you. You got to manage it. So um, what, yeah, what do you got? A notable nugget, just one thing. I think it's how much everybody believes in Alan Lazard. Um, Everybody this week, it seemed like, was asked about the receiver position with Devin Funches opting out, um, you know, what they expect from this group. And whether it was Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, everybody started talking about Alan Lazard first and sounded really excited about him. So I think, you know, that that number two wide receiver job is his to lose, especially again, without Funchess now um, that that's that's pretty obvious. But it sure sounds like everybody is excited for him, um, excited about what he brings to the table and um yeah, I'm I'm I've been on the the alien lizard train for for a long time now. So, I'm I'm happy that you know, certainly happy he got his shot last year and that it seems like um he's going to get it again this year. And I'll just throw in there that my other guy EQ is coming back too. Um so fingers crossed that uh um that he's back and healthy and, and is is ready to to make an impact as well. And I know Aaron Rodgers talked about him a little bit and and looking forward to getting him back too. Yeah. And we will talk a little bit about EQ later in the uh, listener mailbag section, which we'll get to in a moment. But um, I'll give my note nug. Uh, it wouldn't be an off season if I wasn't getting excited about the tight end position. <laughs> I know. I knew I, it was coming. I, I always get burned, <laughs> but I just keep crawling back, man. I can't help it. I think tight ends are really cool. And um, Goody mentioned specifically that the team planned for Jay Sternberger to play a big, important role. Uh, paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. I mean, you can call yeah. it fluff, you can call it whatever, but I thought that was notable. Um, and Tex, uh, especially now with Devin Funches opting out, as as you just noted, uh, although you noted it in relation to to Alan Lazard, um, Devin Funches opting out for the don't don't you just think that this roster now though is primed for like weird personnel groupings, and fullbacks, yes. and tight ends all over the place? I just want to see it, man. Yeah, that's that's been something that some of us have been talking about quite a bit. Um, John Meerdink, John Meerdink, and I in particular, um, 
that you know he had something just recently about the you know potential for multiple tight end groupings um you know some of these tight ends are you know guys like josiah dugar the third round pick you know maybe more of an h-back type so you'll have them lined up in the backfield um you know the 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 12 personnel with this team could look really interesting if you've got an aaron jones in the backfield um let's say you've got adams and lazard out wide and then you've got uh mercedes lewis and sternberger um, you could you could go five wide out of that package if you really wanted to, or or four wide with Lewis on on the line and and Jones and Sternberger in the Those slot. For big example. athletic bodies everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean there, there's the the fact that Sternberger you figure he can he can line up in line he can line up in the slot like Jimmy Graham did a lot last year, um, and and has a kind of a similar field stretching ability to to maybe I don't want to say I don't want to put him on on par with like an early Jimmy Graham, but um, the same type of role, right? So I think there's there's lots of creative ways that Lafleur can roll out this offense. Um, and, and I mean, look, we think back to our number one play on APC's countdown of the best plays last year was that ridiculous Jamal Williams touchdown catch in the back of the end zone against Kansas City. Oh, that man. came out of that came out of 32 personnel. Yes, it was Jones, Williams, Danny Vitale. Um, Graham and Lewis on the field all together with no wide receivers. Um, so, so we know that Lafleur can do some goofy things with personnel or, or with just weird groupings and and drop some interesting plays. Now that one obviously was Rogers, you know, being ridiculous. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's going to be fun to see how how they use some of these guys. I mean, I, hell, I'm excited about John Lovett, the H back they just picked up off the waiver wire from Kansas City. Um, you know, they they sound excited about him as kind of that that H back fullback role as well. Um, so you know, don't be surprised. And plus, he's maybe he's your emergency fourth quarterback too, right? If if he makes the team, um, if your whole quarterback room gets hit with with COVID, who knows? John Lovett, so, for those who don't know, yeah. in college quarterback who entered the draft as a tight end and who will be used as a fullback. I think I have that correct. The most Packers thing, the Packers easiest thing I ever did here. <laughs> yeah. So those those Ivy League fullbacks, I mean, here's here's hoping he's the the next Kyle Juszczyk because it sure seems like the Packers are are going after that. Um and that was that was one of the other things that Gudikin said that I thought was really interesting is he acknowledged that the team does value that position differently now in the Lafleur offense than it did under McCarthy. Um, and so I think that's, that's a big reason why DeGuaro was the third round pick. Um, you've seen them bring in a couple of these types of guys. And I guess it's just a, a confirmation for me of what we've thought this whole off season um, that, that, yeah, there, there are certain positions that they, they think are really important to this offense and they want to get guys in there. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to the mailbag se- section, I forget if we had you on post-draft, but you, you mentioned in passing there, Deguara. Um, Alex has, uh, has mentioned many times. Uh, <laughs> he's rooting for him. Hope he does well. You know, love my Packers, but still feel like we'll never come to terms with the the value there at uh, in the third round, I believe. What do you think? <laughs> I'm 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 in exactly the same spot. I I don't even if you think that that's a critical position on your team, um, I, I still just don't see the value there in you know towards the end of, of round three. Um, I know that there was there was one receiver that I really liked who came off the board. I think one or two picks earlier, uh, Devin Duvernay out of Texas who went to Baltimore. Yep. Um, so he was he was the one I was really holding my breath for and and 
got kind of swiped out from under under Green Bay. And I just can't help wondering if they had that fourth round pick and hadn't traded it away to move up for Jordan Love, if maybe, you know, they go in a different direction there with a third and try to grab DeBar in the in the fourth. Um, you know, it it's it's too late at this point. But yeah, I'm Alex and I are pretty much on the same wavelength on that one. I hope hope he does well. I hope he's a great player. Um, but just the value just doesn't make sense to me either. Seems like a nice guy. All right. Well, let's move on and do a little listener mailbag section. You've got mail. And we'll cut the song off just in time so we don't get sued. At the APC pod on Twitter, the APC podcast at gmail.com is still an active email that uh, you can send love or hate mail too i do read it and our first question comes in on twitter uh not ryan he says why is it so difficult for people to get that drafting love and keeping rogers until the end of his contract are not mutually exclusive tex this question obviously presupposes that they are in fact not mutually exclusive so i'll guess i guess i'll start there do you think it is true that they are not mutually exclusive yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, you saw the Patriots try this with Jimmy Garoppolo. Granted, he was a second-round pick, but he was an early second-round pick, as I recall. Um, and, you know, they drafted him, and Tom Brady was playing, you know, at an MVP level for the next couple of years. So, you know, if it all depends on Rodgers, right? If he bounces back at that MVP caliber, that, you know, 2014-type or even, you know, that stretch midway from 2016 through his injury in 2017. If he's at that level again, um, you know, he's worthy of, of the money that he's getting paid on his contract. And, and it's feasible to, um, to have those guys because at least the beauty of having a, a rookie uh, or a quarterback on a rookie contract is it, it, by definition, doesn't hamstring you financially. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think there's a... You know, it's it's mutually exclusive. But if Rogers, you know, shows a dip in his play or if he kind of continues on the trajectory he's seemed to be on the last couple of years, then that's where the conversation really begins. Yeah. And the other the other side of that is that, you know, love needs to prove that he's good right in the NFL can play and is worthy of uh, taking the mantle. This just kind of struck me, but um, how do you think not having a preseason this year to evaluate love impacts sort of this whole situation going forward? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot more difficult um, because that was, I mean, for Rogers that he had some, some pretty good preseason performances in his first couple of years to give that team confidence that, that he was ready to take over. Um now a lot of what he did, he didn't practice. That that was part of that as well. Yeah. But but you know, Gudikinst really talked about that on Sunday as well. That he really likes seeing how guys perform under the lights, um, you know, under pressure in in real game situations. And we'll see. He he said Lafleur's got some ideas for how to simulate that in practice. But there's really no way to do that until you know until you see it um, for real you know, in, in a game setting. So it certainly puts love, I think, behind the eight ball a little bit. Um, it makes it probably more difficult to project him to maybe take over in 21. Um, I think if there's a real preseason next year, then maybe that's an opportunity for him to to demonstrate that, you know, maybe by his third year in 2022, that that's, you know, a, a 
feasible um, time frame. Yeah. And again, uh, as we've touched on, it's like a balancing act of, uh, you know, Rogers could play really well and you have no choice but to keep him or trade him for some reason. Um, or, you know, like as his play goes down and they like Jordan love more and more, um, you know, it, there's a balance there. And that brings me to our next question, uh, which comes from Joe at work on Twitter. And he asks, will we ever see Rogers throw 30 touchdowns in a season Again, I believe he's thrown 30 or more touchdowns six times uh, in his mm. illustrious career. You think he'll get to 30 again? That's a good one. Um, let's see when the last time he did. I know he didn't do it this past season. I didn't do it the year nope. before. So what would that be? 2016, right? Um, I think there's a chance he gets there. I mean, he's only been sh- been three or four shy the last couple of years. Uh, 26 in, in last year and 25 the year before. I'll say I won't be surprised if he gets there this year. Um, if only because the, you know, Devonte Adams being gone for a couple, couple weeks in the middle of the season, I think hurt a little bit. And that was when, you know, the team was using a lot of Aaron Jones. I think he had that four touchdown game against Dallas um, with all four touchdowns. I want to say coming inside the 10 yard line or something like that. Um, whereas those would, more often, at least in years past, be, you know, passing situations. So, um, yeah, if, if you're telling me to go on a limb, I'll say yes, he gets to 30 again. All right. I, I think at some point I have to agree with that. I don't know. I got nothing else to believe in, man. I'm just an Aaron <laughs> Rodgers truther at this point. I'm just that guy. So I say I say yes as well. As well. One more question. And uh, I teased it a little bit earlier, but Ben Saylor writes in, he says, is there much precedent for receivers missing their entire second season and successfully bouncing back? Asking in regards to a wide receiver whose name starts with E and ends with Quinimius St. Brown. <laughs> that's, that's a good question. And, and I had, I'd have to think back um a little I'd have to do a little more research to to think about that but and you talked earlier about really wanting and hoping and thinking yeah. that EQ might might show out this year but it's a valid question to wonder if that's uh if 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 that's ever happened after like a mm-hmm. s- second season is just totally totally just Went tanked out. off the books yeah yeah I think in his case he's got the benefit of of probably being fully healthy right now because the issue was an ankle sprain last year, not like a torn ACL or, you know, a, a blown knee. So from that perspective, there's no reason yet. And, and I seem to recall that there was a lot of speculation that they would hold him on the, the initial 53 last year to get him onto IR to give him the, the opportunity to come back to the active roster sometime in the season. They obviously didn't do that. Um, but I think with that, at least, you know, there, there's, he should be healthy. Um, and based on what he showed in 2018, I I think if he is that same player, there's absolutely a role for him on this team, whether that's inside, outside, you could play him a little big slot. Um, but he seemed to really have a pretty good rapport with Rogers for, for a lot of that season, um, when he was used heavily. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's got that size and speed combination that you really love to have. So, um, yeah, as far as precedent, I'd have to do some more research, but I think the fact that it, again, it's an ankle sprain, not an ACL, I think that helps. And so there's, 
and there should certainly be opportunities for him. Again, I keep coming back to Funchess opting out. Um, that that opens up, I think, a lot of snaps for for guys like EQ, potentially guys like MVS, um, to to carve out a role as maybe that third or fourth receiver. Am I just a foolish Packers fan? Because I just feel like every offseason there's the the bitching and the moaning about the thing that didn't go our way in terms of what fans wanted to add to the team. <laughs> and but but come this time of year, especially like once, you know, well, we don't have preseason, but usually once that starts, I'm just brimming with optimism. All of a sudden I'm like, EQ, yeah, we got EQ. We're going to be fine. What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. If we had Brandon Ayuk instead of Jordan Love on this roster, I'd feel ecstatic about yeah. this receiving core. But, um, you know, here we are. Optimism reigns supreme, though. I mean, that's that's <laughs> the other thing that I, I come back to a lot on this show is um, at the end of the day. I just want to have fun watching football. I just want to root for my team to win. And I just, I just want to have fun. I don't know. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's supposed to be a good time and it's supposed to be fun. And, you know, we've been lucky to, to have a lot of good teams come through green Bay in the last 20 or 30 years. So we had a lot of fun and hopefully, uh, hopefully it keeps going. Well, we've been lucky to have you on our airwaves here tonight. And what is more fun than ending a podcast with a polka? Any other uh, Packers nuggets or notes you want to hit our listeners with on the way uh, out the door here? Or are you just going to take your sleeveless shirt into the next room and finish your evening? <laughs> I think I'm going to, I'm going to take my leave. Just uh, make sure to keep it at APC for everything. And um, yeah, go pack go. Damn straight. You heard it straight. From the big boss's mouth, Evan Tex Western, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it is time for us to go. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it now. We got a uh, not very nice review recently. So if you made it this far in the show, I assume that means you <laughs> like it. And um, you could say something nice and we can kind of like depress that one person. Uh, their review kind of bury it a little bit. That person was not nice to us, man. Um, so just hit that five-star review button real quick or, or leave us a little note. We read them all. They make our day. Patreon.com slash NoteNugs. N-O-T-E-N-U-G-S, plural, NoteNugs. Patreon.com slash NoteNugs if uh, you want to support the show that way as well. If you have content ideas, suggestions, or want us to talk about a specific thing at the APC pod on Twitter, the APC podcast at gmail.com. As Tex has already said, Keep it locked into acmepackingcompany.com all off-season long. Things are heating up, parts are moving, but players are in the building, and that's exciting. And we'll be here to talk to you about that as the off-season goes on. I'm Zach Rapport. Go Pack Go! Just keep rambling. Don't know when to shut up. (laughs) 